And we're back to another fun and filled episode of Before the Three Count. Uh, I am uh, one of several hosts, uh, the unnamed host, but for the time being, I uh, uh, named myself uh, the fake razor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am also joined by my uh, two co-hosts, if you would uh, like to introduce yourselves. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everybody out there on the ones and twos and on the airwaves out in the alien world, they know who this is, who this be, this be the one, the only. Osiris. That was a lot. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta give them a lot. <laughs> I was like, Cat Statlander, Chris Statlander. I was like, Is Chris Statlander showing up? You said alien. I got all confused. Well, we've got all sorts of listeners, so we try to, you know, we we, we have male, female, binary, non-binary, uh, everything in between, aliens. Everybody's out there listening to us. Okay, good for you. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, ma'am, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Irene. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to compete with like that it. little intro that you did. I like I like it. Get <laughs> <laughs> to the point. <laughs> the first lady of before the three count. There we go. I like that. We'll go with that one. There we go. There we go. Yes, the uh, <laughs> illustrious Irene, uh, my significant other, my sweetheart, and all that good stuff. So. Everybody out there, she's taken. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> a little love and wrestling, if you will. Yeah, a little love and wrestling, you know. I mean, yeah, it'd be a good show. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good segue uh, into uh, today's topic, uh, which uh, entails uh, Dark Side of the Wrestling. Uh, now, this particular episode that we'll be discussing is from uh, this current season which is season three uh episode eight i believe because they already have seven in the can uh i know i've watched on uh hulu um with the vice network uh, okay. and i think they're just now doing like the second half of season three uh right now uh going live um which that was the episode that we'll be discussing is the plane ride from hell. Uh, yes, sir. So, which has garnered a lot of attention uh, from the wrestling community and those from, I guess, you know, mainstream uh, audience, uh, social media, you know, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, this this episode definitely was a, a doozy. Um, I mentioned this is the third season. Uh, the first two seasons are, are Dark Side Wrestling. You know, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to t- take part to check out, but it also deals with the show itself deals with topics or, or, or news headlines that wouldn't put uh, wrestling in the, the great of light, the, the best of light uh, in, in regards to wrestlers and with their, you know, uh, sometime rise and falls or, you know, uh, falls rise production, which is, you know, uh, headlines that, you know, you wouldn't uh, anticipate as, you know, a, a wrestling, you know, Juicy headline. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's a great series. I definitely you know recommend to anyone who hasn't had a chance to you know check out the first two seasons. To you know obviously check it out uh, to get a better understanding of how the show you know is produced. Uh, but yeah, this this one. This... I think Vice does a good job with that. I've only yeah, seen. I've only seen a couple episodes. Oh, you've seen a couple? Uh, yeah, I think I watched the Macho Man one because you know okay. I love Macho Man. So oh, I had episode. to watch that one. Um, <laughs> like when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a few I'd wanted to see since, but just kind of forget if we don't record it on like a DVR. It's like, what? <laughs> but I think I really like Vice. I think they do a really good job with like docuseries and whatnot. Um, yes. So it's interesting. So for a company like them to take it on, I thought it, they did a good job telling the story, the accounts, showing like the clips going in and out. Definitely. And again, and, uh, the 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 uh, figureheads that are in the you know the wrestling world, you know, they have Jim Cornettes or the Jim Rosses or the Chris Jericho's or other wrestlers that were partaking in a particular incident. They were reach out to them and get their perspective, which is great. Mm. No, for sure. We, uh, I think together we watched the um, Brawl for All one, right? Possibly. Did we watch the Montreal Screwjob? No. We didn't, okay. You might have. I usually watch them with you. I don't know why well, I you watched them. I don't know if you've seen a couple of them, because <laughs> I've only seen the Brawl for All episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. See, I'm going to get in trouble. I watched one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but no, they definitely do a good job. Um, the Brawl for All episode, um, that was one that when it came out, I personally wanted to watch. Uh, for me, I have a tough time. Like I'm like, eh, I don't like watching depressing things. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. Last night it was yeah. very hard to watch. So, uh, so yeah, so um, you know, so it's like I, I see like oh the Crispin Wall episode. I'm like oh that's probably really interesting, but I've got to be in like just the right I kind know. of mood. I want <laughs> I want to watch that one. I'm curious about the because that's a two part one. Yeah, and I think yeah. the Brian Pullman is multi part is I think two parts as well. Okay, yeah, um, and like the, the one on Owen Hart. I'm like I want to watch them. They're all really interesting topics. I'd be curious to really see what Vice did with them and delve into those stories. But yeah, they're, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's definitely you want to watch on you know a day that you don't have too much planned, uh, so you can let it you know marinate after you finish watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we go into the playing right from hell, how uh, did you guys enjoy the Brawl for All episode as uh, in the Macho episode? What did you guys think of it? Um, I thought uh, the Brawl for All episode I, I really enjoyed. Um, it was cool kind of learning some backstage stuff that I hadn't heard about it. Um, you know, just as an example, Vince Russo doing the whole thing basically to try to get back at JBL. Like, you know. <laughs> right. That was a crazy uh, revelation. Uh, yeah. and I, I remember also, I don't know if it was uh, if uh, he was had a disdain, but uh, well, not disdain, but Almost uh, with Jim Ross um, not having his guy, uh, what was his name? Doctor Steve Death, Doctor Death, yeah, uh, Steve Williams, not uh, go over and get you know knocked out relatively uh, early, and then all yeah. of a sudden they pretty much he pretty much sound it almost seems like he was painted as uh, putting all his uh, displeasure towards uh, Bart Gunn, and with his career it sort of didn't pan out after it was all said and done. <laughs> 
<laughs> at the well, I mean, that, that whole thing, aside from being set up for JBL to, to get beat up, it, it was set up for either Dr. Death or for Dan Severn to win. Different people had different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, interest, you know, for wanting either one of those guys to win. But it was thought one of those two would win. Well, who, who was backing uh, Dan Severn? Jim Cornette. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. he, he's the guy that, that uh, voted to make Dan Severn NWA champion. Um, and they, yeah, he's the one that got Severn involved with WWE. Oh, but, okay. Because I remember seeing an interview with Dan saying that he was going to shoot one basically everybody uh, if he did get the chance to get into the ring, uh, which would have been hilarious if he did that. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Uh, Does our no-name yeah. co-host also worship at the Church of Jim Cornette, or just you? I think that's just uh, Osiris. Okay, <laughs> cool. We're on the same team then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was a you know that was an interesting <laughs> uh, episode. You know, because I still had a gist of you know the broth all uh, you know from other shoot interviews, but like this one sort of put the you know bow tie on it. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, all right, cool. So, uh, all right. Well, the plane ride from hell. Uh, it was always, you know, talked amongst the internet forums as far as like this crazy, wacky plane ride. Uh, you know, from uh, what year did this happen? 2000, 2002? 2001? 2001. 2001. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, Osiris, you want to give like a synopsis of, uh, leading up to what the plane ride from hell was all about yeah um the boys were on tour uh every year they go on tour uh europe it's usually after uh wrestlemania season um and so here we were 2002 2002 isn't that what i said whatever I... <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i'm not the kind of guy to say i told you so uh, so you say <laughs> you know <laughs> uh you know, me and Bobby the Brain Heenan, we, we've got a lot in common. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, so yeah, 2002, uh, <laughs> after WrestleMania season, uh, you know, it was May 2002. And this is after uh, WCW and ECW were bought up. And uh, so now you've got a, a eclectic mix of talents. Yep. Um, and they're about to do a week-long tour of Europe leading up to a pay-per-view um, taking place in Europe, which doesn't really happen very often. Nope. Um, in fact, I think this was the first one, I was about to say in 10 years, but that's not true. Um, because between 92, which was the famous Wembley Stadium SummerSlam yep. uh, pay-per-view, there was another European pay-per-view. I want to say it was like 98? Yep, uh, Insurrection. Yes, um, and I think that's where Shawn Michaels won the uh, European title. Um, I'm not sure. You you might be onto something there. Something like that, um, or maybe Triple H won the European title there. But I don't know. I remember DX had a really good, good, uh, good time. Uh, I think they have a good time everywhere. Indeed, but but yeah. So this is the uh, third ever, I believe, WWE pay per view from from Europe. Yeah. Um, and, and so here we are, 2002 insurrection, uh, and you've got you know, so you've got this hot storyline with you know having just bought WWE 
WWE just bought WCW and ECW. Um, so you're playing off of that, and you've got this eclectic group uh, on a week-long tour of Europe. And then um, the plane ride from hell, as the episode is titled, is the ride back home uh, after this week-long trip uh, in Europe. Yep. <clears throat> and also to uh, add to that, uh, wrestlers, when they do travel, it seems like a lot tend to let their hair down, per se, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. In regards to, uh, especially when they're coming back home, they might let their uh, inner vices, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> come to light. <laughs> They'll probably do at the hotels uh, while they're at you know particular at a particular country. I don't know if you guys have seen the Korean episode, but that also so yeah. okay. It's sort of similar to this current episode, but. Yeah. I actually really want to see that because I remember hearing stories back in the day um, about about just how crazy it was that they were wrestling in North Korea. Like, how are they still allowed to like travel abroad? Well, this was <laughs> way back the North Korea trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was like the predecessor for what was it the the, the pay per view uh, the the jewel um, crown, crown jewel. jewel. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that was sort of a little crazy. Uh, but this was WCW's version of that, right? Gotcha. <laughs> right but uh yeah so with the uh plane ride from hell i guess um they initially stated that they were running into some sort of uh airplane issue so they were uh taxi for, yeah, for seven weather. hours yeah, yeah for the week. exactly which i could just imagine the crate like i out when when i fly i don't want to be uh on the ground for that long and not be able to know what's going to happen so i can see what they uh were up against those those many hours <laughs> definitely and especially uh, I, I mean here, here's the thing from just from my own personal experience of uh traveling and being on tour yeah um the the wrestling part is awesome when you're in the ring and you're in front of that crowd it is amazing there's no better high in the world yep but with all great highs comes a, a great crash afterwards mm. um you know and so now it's like what do you do to to keep yourself up uh you know um, and add to that, uh, for these guys, you know, they've been on tour. It's not just seven days in Europe. They, they've been going hard for a month with the WrestleMania tour schedule, right? Uh, you know, through April. So now it's, you, you get through that craziness and now right. you, you do a, a week in Europe. Um, so, I mean, they've been bumped and bruised and battered and now it's like okay all they want to do all of them all they want to do is get home whether they have family they want to get to or they just want to be in their own bed you know and heal up properly but but that's all they want to do is get home so now it's like well seven hours you're, you're stuck taxiing yep. what, what are you gonna do but but take pills and drink but like they were on a private like custom plane why couldn't that just like go back They're like you know what well at a hotel for the night or something like especially if as it went on <laughs> why did you have to stay on the plane all that time it wasn't like they were in the air and all of a sudden like oh we gotta make an emergency landing like because of the weather issues they never left the airport but i mean they all Boy. they want to do is get home i i hear you i totally understand that so that's... i'm just saying you have a bunch of <laughs> savages that were on that plane. Like, yeah, but I don't know if letting them off the plane off. is a better idea. Yeah, that's probably better to keep them contained from yeah. society. Yeah, because they could talk to the airport 
and you know cause a ruckus there a scene or you know whatever case they may be right <laughs> and I will say from having listened to various shoot interviews of wrestlers particularly Scott Hall Kevin Nash yep. talking about uh, trips in Europe and Sean Waltman yeah. Xbox yeah um, you know you don't want to give these guys idle time on their own because um, they're gonna find trouble to get into so the, the thought process was like well you know what at least if they're on the plane they're all under wraps like you know who cares if they go out of the plane like fall <laughs> through the sky like it's fine well no one thought that would happen if there's a Brock Lesnar sized hole in the plane like, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that let's I was gonna say, yeah, do you want to uh, state the the main guys that you know contributed to this, aka playing Rat from Hell? Yeah, I mean the uh, you know all, this you got to figure this is two thousand and two. We're, we're talking prime, leaving the Attitude Era, going into the ruthless aggression era. Yeah. Um, so you've got Brock Lesnar, you've got Kurt Henning, um, you've probably got Kurt Angle on the plane. Um, I'm sure Undertaker is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H, I'm I'm pretty sure is on there. Those names. They didn't mention those names. Well, of course they didn't mention them. Like if they weren't involved in what was going on. <laughs> but they, yeah, I was just saying to to Irene's point. I remember uh, reading on way back in the day when they mentioned this on the forums of like other uh, things that were going on uh, on that plane. But you know, yes. But I guess it was maybe just too many things just to fit in within a. 60 minute time you know yeah, time. Yeah, well, well yeah it's a lot of things to fit into a 60 minute time limit and there are certain things that aren't going to be talked about like Vince McMahon trying to wrestle Kurt Angle on that same uh, plane ride was that that same plane ride or was that a different one do you remember <laughs> Mr. Uh, no Name I feel like that was the same plane ride but it, like I said it's been so long since I like re- remember reading the forums uh, the rumors about that that it might have been a, might have not been that same plane ride it might have been a different one uh, they all they all sort of just meshed together. Yes, and, and same. So <laughs> I don't I don't want to say for sure that it was that same plane ride, but it, uh, if it was not that same plane ride, then it was a different plane ride. But yes, Vince McMahon tried to wrestle Kurt Angle on a plane. Uh- <laughs> right, because uh, Undertaker had to end up choking out Kurt Angle because he thought he was injuring uh, Vince. Yeah, so I, I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, just to give everybody a little background on what happened there, uh, Vince had been talking forever that he th- he thought he could take Angle in a shoot fight. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so finally, uh, one day on the plane, um, and actually I'm going to tell Matt Hardy's version of the story. Uh, Matt Hardy says that uh, Vince asked him to tip him off when Angle was going to get up. And uh, so Angle got up to go to the bathroom, and uh, so Hardy tipped off Vince. Um, and as Angle uh, made his way through the aisle, Vince ran and tackled him uh, <laughs> and uh, thought, thought he could take him. However, you know, Angle is an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> Not a shoot. That's yeah, that's real. A lot of work. Uh, and so Angle was able to quickly reverse it and get on top of Vince. Uh, this woke up the Undertaker who had been sleeping. Um, and so Undertaker wakes up and just sees Angle on top of Vince doesn't know what's going on but because he is you know loyal to Vince through and through he immediately grabs Angle and starts choking him that's why Vince thought he could win he's like well take her away 
made the hot tag. To the other side of the plane. <laughs> Vince, Vince legit thought he could take him. I'm Vince, sure he did. He is a Vince crazy is. old man. He yeah. is. I think he always general. I'm not old. I take that back. Deep down, yeah, deep down, I think Vince always wanted to be part of the boys because uh, there's also been stories where mm-hmm. uh, he, I think it was Hogan, he uh, challenged him that he can out sniff him uh, at one time. Uh, and when I say out sniff him, out sniff him with uh, cocaine. Uh, <laughs> what? He said, yeah. he said he said he could out sniff like. I forget what the uh, analogy he said, but it was basically he was trying to, you know, uh, say he can do more drugs and function better than everybody else. It was during the, the 80s of uh, WWF time. So, yeah, I think Vince deep down always want to be one of the guys. <clears throat> oh, no doubt. Yeah. And that's actually, I think that's actually in Hogan's book. Okay. Uh, he talked about that. I, I could be wrong. I'm trying oh, to so remember. Might not, that. It might not be true then. <laughs> I like the unnamed co-host. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, that's fifty-fifty. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was in Hogan's book. Um, it was either in that book or in Sex Lies and Headlocks. I, I'm okay. trying to remember now which one it was. Okay, <laughs> that was a good book though. Yes, and uh, uh, I got to give you credit for putting me onto that. Oh uh, no worries. It was uh, all about the community wrestling community back then. Because uh, that's when all the wrestlers would have the books up. Mick Foley had like five at the time. Jericho, Rock. Uh, yes. Well, that was before internet was really like a big thing. Yeah. Before, I mean, you still had the dirt sheets, but yeah, for the most part. I mean, the dirt sheets were around even before the internet. Dirt sheets, you know, they started you off see literally. The too, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so. Back to the topic. Back to the topic. What wrestlers did we say? We say it was uh, Kurt Henning, um, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Uh, oh, Justin Incredible. Justin Incredible. <laughs> Dustin uh, Rhodes. Yep. Dustin Rhodes. Um, Terry. Terry Reynolds. Yeah. Terry Reynolds. Uh, RVD. Um, yep. RVD. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Um, oh, Michael Hayes, JBL. Yep. Michael Hayes, JBL, uh, X Pac. Uh, one, two, three, kid. Yep, one, two, three, kid. X Pac. Um, yeah, um, with those names being on there, I'm going to say Ron Simmons was there. Okay. Uh, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, that time period, I'm just thinking of who was Jim Ross. Um, but I mean, yeah, Jim Ross. As far as like uh, agents. Oh, Kevin what? Nash, Scott Hall. Yes. Uh, I'm sure Austin was on that flight. Okay. Um, Ric Flair. Yep, Ric Flair, Flair, obviously. Basically, um, anyone who made Vince like mega bucks was on that flight, is what I gathered. Yeah, I mean, this was. It's like you're on a custom first class flight. Anyone who made him like baller money was there. Actually, you know what? There's a really easy way, sweetheart. Uh, and, wasn't we... Linda on that flight? Yes, they, they said Linda was on the flight understand. as well. So um, Linda, yeah, we're, Linda and Vince. I'm uh, I'm gonna pull up Google now. Actually, I'm gonna pull up the pay per view. Okay. Um, because that will tell us like who whoever was on that pay per view. But were they all traveling? Did they? Was this at a time where like everyone traveled on the same plane? Because I know yes. at some point a lot of like sports teams and different like would split up talent. Did everyone travel on the same? Okay. Plane for for this one, Vince was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, so and uh, Mike, Mike, Mike yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Mike Kyoto, the referee. Yeah, yes. he was on there. Referee. All right, so here we go. I'm just going to go down everybody that was on this. Okay. Uh, pay-per-view. We got Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. 
Gold Dust Dustin Reynolds, Rob Van Dam, Eddie Guerrero, Jacqueline, Trish Stratus, Jazz, Molly Holly, X-Pac, Bradshaw, Booker T, Stephen Richards, The Hardy Boys, Brock Lesnar, Sean Stasiak, which side note, Lesnar and Stasiak were a team for some reason on this pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, Spike Dudley, William Regal, Steve Austin, Big Show, Triple H, and Undertaker. So yes, I, I guarantee they were all on this flight. Interesting. It's a lot of names that were left out. Well, you know, understandably so. You know, for various reasons. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Uh, so as we uh, mentioned earlier with the whole weather uh, sort of uh, had them taxi for the first several hours uh, and with that being said you have a lot of uh, you know I guess uh, fraternity type behavior uh, with the with the boys um, so unfortunately the task of babysitting a lot of these guys or you know help you know be- doing their you know their needs uh, was the steward uh, the airline crew I should say uh, with the stewardess and uh, they had the unfortunate task as far as handing out beverages and meals uh, to these individuals. Yeah, it sounded like, though, that the beverages were just, like, overtaken by the guys. <laughs> yeah. They are like, we've got this. And, like, they took every beverage part. Like, they had to re... What'd you say? They had to restock it, like, three, three times? Yeah, three times. Yeah, they had to use three... Yeah, three trays or... Not three I'm, trays, like, but... amazed that these people didn't pass out. <laughs> wrestler dopes it's a real thing Yuck. like unreal wrestlers especially back then i mean partied very hard and non-stop um you know 2002 was the year i got into wrestling i, I think i did my first ever tour in like 2004 and it was with uh, i won't say this wrestler by name but we'll just say <laughs> he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time I almost I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was that the... <laughs> and um, he was the one that turned me on to sleeping pills. Because it was like, oh, like, you're on tour, like, in some weird town, you don't know what's going on. So, yeah, you get some food, then you got nothing to do all day. So you just pop some sleeping pills and pass out, uh, you know? And because uh, that's how he did it, you know? And it's like, yeah, you sleep during the day, you get to the show, you do the show, then you party <laughs> afterwards and... You know, and then just kind of, yeah, you're, you're just kind of stuck. So. <laughs> but all, and also, these aren't like, you know, rookie wrestlers. I imagine their tolerance for, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, it's got to be. Substances, uh, yeah, like through the roof to like a normal person. You know, oh, they, totally. what? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I think uh, the best example I can give, and, and I can use these names because they were these are words spoken by them: Scott yep. Hall, Kevin Nash, and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Hall that did the shoot interview. Uh, it was Hall and Nash actually together, okay. talking about the three of them splitting a bag of. Um, oh shoot! What drug was it? Um, was it ecstasy? Not ecstasy. It was a painkiller. Um, like a really strong one. It's something that I remember telling Doc about it, and Doc's like, I wouldn't even touch that. Somos? Uh, yes, there we go. Thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, Somos. Um, and they had a hundred of them, and they split them. I remember the story, um, yeah. Whew. And Hall was all messed up off of it, and Hall said the reason is because he had 34, and Michaels and Nash only had 33. <laughs> so that's why Hall was a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> <than> they were. <laughs> 
That's madness. I mean, I get it. I can't imagine the amounts of pain that these guys are in, like the day, like the amount of days that they work a year at WWE, like barring like the pandemic. Yeah. That, like they work three hundred and something days. Like they're it's nonstop. So I can't imagine all the years of wrestling prior to WWE being in WWE what that does to you so needing something to numb and then after a while your body just builds up a tolerance absolutely to all of that um and a little bit of inside baseball um you know during this time period uh this is still when wwe was using the really hard rings um why have they they changed it up the the cushion yeah yes they have um Because uh, those original rings were made to support people like Andre the Giant and King Kong Bundy and uh, things of that nature. So they, um, it was just four boards, um, basically four solid boards put together uh, for the ring. And then with a uh, spring in the middle, um, it does not have a lot of give. Now they use the two by fours, um, which gives more give. At the end of the day, you're still getting slammed. I was going to say, it was like... Right. We've, I mean, I've watched several different, not WWE rings necessarily, but several no, different rings be like put together. Yeah. And so I'm like, none of those look fun to like get knocked no, around at, in. At the end of the day, it's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still steel and wood. Yeah. Uh, but back then it was even worse. Man. So that's, you know, just giving a little bit of extra perspective to what, what people were going through at that time. Right. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I can just imagine uh, those three just <laughs> sitting down with like a trash bag of gold, <laughs> right? Eating them like Tic Tacs, right? <laughs> Basically. Um, but yeah, well, um, speaking of Scott Hall uh, being on that flight, he was sound like um, from testimony already passed out from not Somos, but allegedly uh, they call H bombs. Um, yes, Halcyon. Halcyon, yeah, which is basically a, a sleeping pill, but uh, you can forget. It, it has like a short-term memory um, lapse. Is, is that is that correct? Like the date rape drug. So it's like it's not a date rape drug, but that's what it sounds. But that's what it sounds like. Well, it's one of the effects th- of it. Yeah, I I would say just like uh, what's that popular sleeping pill everyone does now? Uh, the one Tiger Woods was on. Ambien. Ambien. Yeah, Ambien. Um, you know that but- has crazy dreams like the hallucinations and stuff. yes yep some people have some crazy hallucinations off that some people have some like they they uh what's the word i'm looking for not quite sleepwalk but they like act without knowing what's going on yeah. okay um, it's like sleepwalking yeah. yeah i guess sleepwalking. sleepwalking yeah i guess that's sleepwalking um i used to know someone um that took ambient and yeah they'd have some crazy experiences um, so with that being said, I know nothing about Halcyon and H-Bombs other than hearing the stories from back in the day. Um, but it's, I feel like, you know, it's probably a similar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah where, you know, it knocks you out and you kind of don't know what's going on, but you can still be active, we'll, we'll say. I don't know that he was active. <laughs> he couldn't even, he well, had like that moment of lucidity with, with the, the stewardess there. The stewardess, yeah. And then... He had to be put in a wheelchair because he couldn't stand up, walk, talk. I don't know what kind of illness that guy, what was his name? Just Incredible. Just Incredible made up to get him through customs, which was like crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he pretty <laughs> much the he pretty much weakened at Bernie's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Home. Totally, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that. Uh, but uh, RPD mentioned how I guess 
uh, with the whole uh, H-bombing was like almost like a, 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 a not annual thing, but I guess it was known uh, throughout the, the, you know, wrestling world uh, of yesteryear that that was like wrestlers doing that to fans to unfortunately, you know, you know, uh, ring ring fans uh, <laughs> of the opposite gender. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be as politically PC as possible, but yeah, it, it's just isn't that PC? Okay. <laughs> no, it's I'm just referring it's... to me. I'm referring to the other one that you normally. Like. <laughs> <laughs> when he made that revelation, I was like, "Oh man, that's messed up." Um, you know, you always heard the when we see the shoot interviews of the stories of like wrestlers doing some crazy stuff with, you know, uh, ring fans, but stuff like that as far as knocking them out conscious and then shaving their heads or eyebrows or hopefully not worse, but you never know. Uh, it's just sort of, it was an eye-opener when he, you know, noticed that, yeah. uh, mentioned that. I was like, geez. <clears throat> For sure. I also thought, too, when watching it, um, noticing how uncomfortable RVD was, even mm-hmm. just saying it. Yep. That it was, like, kind of like a regular thing that people just did during those, like, times. Like, he like just seeing like okay this guy knows how bad this is like right? he knows how wrong it is like, just how uncomfortable he was to even like say the words oh, especially um not that i know rvd personally um but uh everything yes but uh but everything i've heard from him um i used to listen to his podcast regularly and i'm a big fan of his followed a lot of his career um he's never been that guy um you know he had his girlfriend sonia for all those years um and he's really just been like uh i mean he had his problem with pills for a period of time um, okay. But that was a self-medication thing. Um, okay. Not, uh, you know, let me go out like and mess with other yeah. people. Yeah. It was no, yeah. Never. It wasn't recreational. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could call it that, but not like for partying purposes. But yeah, yeah, definitely, so, yeah. he had a pill problem from using it for pain purposes, but using it too much. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Okay. But he got over that. And uh, it's funny, actually, because uh, that's what got him into weed was uh, he needed to get off the pills um, and when he started in wrestling, that was like the thing. Like everybody did pills. You didn't do weed. Um, and then like he got into weed and it helped him get off the pills. Well, that's good. <clears throat> so definitely. But but yeah, so I say all that just to say like, yeah, he's not that kind of guy to yeah. be doing that sort of thing to fans, to the boys. Like he's not into playing ribs and things like that. So yeah, that whole thing is going to be very uncomfortable to him, I'm sure. Uh, exactly. I mean, he he even mentioned, uh, you know, never to meet your idols. You know. Yes, that's yeah. right. He did. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and I, I'm segueing towards uh, uh, Terry Reynolds because uh, it seems like she also had that same apprehension when she was discussing, you know, certain things mm-hmm. to her. Uh, you know, in regards to one. Uh, Brock Lesnar, unfortunately, I guess, uh, allegedly, you know, flashing her uh, in the locker room, uh, being told to not sell it, not sell it. Uh, so it yeah. seemed like, you know, even that was a little uh, eye opener. I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> you think, you know, you always have the image that wrestling is like a, a giant family, but sometimes, you know, you have to 
listening to those uh, those dark secrets uh, when you know they have to you know the female performers are told like go sell it even though it's you know technically you know wrong as far as you know that's that, that type of situation. That's you know? a that's a tough one though. Because <laughs> here's the thing, like that. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> here's the thing that that's not just a female performers like. That sort of stuff, ribs and things like that, happen to females, males all the time. When I first got into wrestling, you know, <laughs> guys flashed me. Guys tried to stick their thumb in my butt. Like, um, gotcha. You know, that's that's what happens in, in wrestling. But I still stand by my statement that I said earlier today. Doesn't mean it's right. No, no, and it's not right. I'm not saying that it's right. Um, I'm just saying that, like, it's not like, oh, women are targeted for being women. Like, everybody is targeted. Um, you know, it's uh, and I'm not saying this is right. And things have definitely changed nowadays. But yep. uh, at the time I was getting into the business, um, there was still a lot of uh, of the the old school mentality. And uh, you know, you're testing guys. You're testing their mental. You're, you know, you're. Um, you know, you're seeing how they handle things. Um, I remember someone, you know, they tried to stick their thumb in my butt and I threatened to break their arm. They never did it again. Um, right. You know, right. it's one of those things where it's just kind of how the business goes. Um, okay. Okay. <clears throat> I was going to say, uh, you, you know, you're allowed to threaten somebody to break their arm, but I don't know what the, uh, if, you know, female says that's the same thing you know she yeah. might be labeled as as a troublemaker and then all of a sudden now you know she gets stigmatized well, for that's that the thing it's like she's not oh. gonna tell brock lesnar exactly I'm break your arm <laughs> right she's, <laughs> and she's also and you, you've seen and women especially at that time and before are seen as like they're disposable they're seen as like you are the you know sex appeal of this show you're the bathroom break of this show you're the joke of this show like that's what they're there for and so they're just gonna put another person another woman in her place no one's gonna take her seriously hmm. um and then if you got you know a family feed you need to yeah you know, and like you need a, you need a job, job. <laughs> You know, women's wrestling jobs are going to pay that much money. A lot of these women were hoping it would parlay them into pop culture and do other things. Hence where the Playboy segue came in to getting them known beyond just WWE. Like, it's a power play. It's not just, like, a joke. And some of it is meant to be overtly sexual against these women. Okay. It's like, sleep with me and you can have a spot on the show. No, we'll go to the next person. Like... What are you willing to do for your spot here? How much do you really matter? Well, yeah, you're the girl who walks around in a bikini, right? Like, what, you know, of course people treat you this way. Like, what do people think of you as your value? Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely a casting couch, you know, for unfortunately. Sure. But I mean, uh, and I, I, I don't want to sound like I am excusing actions or saying that any actions or things that took place were okay. All, all I'm doing is explaining. I will say, though, it went both ways. Um, you know, guys also went through that. Um, I just actually uh, listened to a clip from Adam Bomb, 
um, talking about when he got his WWE contract offer, he was butt naked in the shower and Pat Patterson walks in and says, hey, like, let's talk about getting you a contract. Wow. (laughs) Well, wasn't the story that Michaels had to, like, hook up with Patterson? That's a rumor. That is rumored innuendo. Um, (laughs) That I heard from you. (laughs) (laughs) But also we can't excuse because uh, don't forget there was uh, an investigation with uh, Pat uh, and it was a scandal much uh, early in the 90s where he actually was released for the time being because there was uh, significant evidence that he was taking liberties with uh, ring crew at the time that was uh, underage. So it's not like he didn't get, you know, um, some sort of... You know, to put it uh, in a Ross fashion, he was made. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. He's a made guy. <clears throat> exactly. Well, he did invent the Royal Rumble, but you know. <laughs> no, not taking away from anything like that he contributed on the professional landscape, but oh, that's right, right, also right. part of the thing. It's like if you are at a certain level, you're kind of viewed as untouchable, or things are excusable. You know, and yeah. so it's like, all right, go away for a little while so this can die down and I'll, you know, bring you back. Like, it'll be fine. And that, exactly. I think that's what happened to him, ultimately. Yeah, and what happens exactly. to, like, a lot of guys. Exactly. Um, which, uh, speaking of uh, made guys, uh, I like the Irene segue. Um, <laughs> Ric Flair, the, <laughs> pretty much... Uh, he was tr- trending on Twitter for uh, a hot second this uh, <laughs> past week. Um, him and Tommy Dreamer. I think actually Tommy Dreamer was uh, trending more, which is sort of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, yeah, I feel, like is, I feel like this is like the worst kept secret in wrestling. <laughs> I feel like you, I, you've told me stories about this from like when I first started dating you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, not to downplay it in any way, shape, or form, but it just seems like that. The outrage doesn't quite seem so genuine to me. I feel like, especially when the boss is on the plane with you, witnessing these things and is there, like, mm. don't have the outrage now. Have it in the moment when you need to address it and fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so disingenuous. And that's, like, a really frustrating thing. I'm like, you can say all the things you want about women's evolution and all this stuff, but you are who you are. You do what you do. Don't take a woo away from an opening credit and like remove some merchandise and state <laughs> like that, you know. I don't know. And I, I got, I read, did you read Ric Flair's state? I won't call it an apology. I'll call it a statement. <laughs> and acknowledgement. No, I was going to say, what did he, what did he state? Um, basically just saying that like, you know, he did the 30 for 30 and he put his family through a lot. He was extremely open about every facet of his life all of like the good the bad the ugly like he didn't hide anything and he didn't sound like he really liked that i think producer who um did the 30 for 30 because that guy really wanted to look under every like rock to find every bad (laughs) negative thing he could about him um, to include in there but he like went along with it and did it and so he feel he just said like you know i've been very honest and open with all aspects of my life the substance abuse the things i've done at those times he's like i never did this and he said even that guy who produced the show didn't had said he hadn't heard of this incident he's like that's because it never happened um okay 
Which is odd though, because there's been stories of Flair with his robe exposing himself to the you know the boys and whoever's in the you know general vicinity of him. And I think, if I understand it, I don't think Flair's denying exposing himself in the robe. Okay. um, But I think he's denying forcing anyone to touch him. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. uh, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, All I know is I'm I'm curious to see you know how this his uh plays out because he was initially supposed to be uh um what's his face's um manager yeah, yeah with uh aew so are they gonna bring him in still or i bet they let it die down okay so they might that would okay. be my guess that they would let it die down okay um and it's gonna be interesting we'll see yeah um do you Take the student side that he did try to make unwanted advances to her, or do you take Flair's side that that never happened? I'll let you go, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of went on like a, t- a TED talk this morning with Osiris. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, having been in similar situations as a lot of women have been put in them. His intention might not have been to make her uncomfortable and he might have been having like a funny time. This is how he makes himself feel good. He's like the life of the party, the star of the show, this big life. Oh my gosh, you know, ha ha ha. But it doesn't take away the position that this flight attendant is in and now she's being cornered in a very tight area of a plane after already having a very traumatic experience all day long witnessing all the other shenanigans that have happened on this flight and enduring yep. God only knows what was said to her and the other people on it. But yep. um, And then you can't move and so I don't know if he took her hand and made her touch it or not but that's what she's saying and so I can definitely very much relate to and feel the violation of that. And whether it was his intent or not to overpower her, overpower her to make her do something in a sexual manner that she didn't want to do, that's what happened. Right. Right. And so, and it I, wasn't the, I was going to say, and it wasn't the first time because uh, we forgot mm. to mention Scott Hall doing a similar uh, action. Yeah, uh, after, which happened after. Well, Scott, yeah, exactly. Scott Hall's was when they landed. Okay, okay. But it's still, yeah, still a. She her her personal space was infringed upon. Yeah, it was, and I, you know, and it's you don't you're with you're around all all of this chaos has ensued, all of these incredibly crazy things that you could never fathom adults doing, and it's happening for hours and hours and hours. Tons yep. of alcohol. Nobody has made any significant effort to check these guys. Nope. And so she's just like, um, she's not going to overpower them. She's not going to make a scene. No one's rushing to her defense. She said Dustin Rhodes went over and like pulled him away eventually, but he was the only one. And so she was already in that kitchen area hiding from all of the chaos and the craziness and what was ensuing before. So it's not like she's going to be like, help me. Like, who's going to help her? Because no one cared to help her before she's you know they're like oh she's just some flight attendant that we're meant to have a good time with 
mm-hmm. on this flight and give us our food and give us our drinks and hook up with us at the bar, you know, in between stops and all that stuff. And she wasn't one of those girls that did that. She just, and also, mind you, she just came back to work from having a baby. So she had been on maternity leave. So it's already, that's a lot that's of the- emotions that are going on. <laughs> like, that's a lot. For That's the worst. Door, and then this is her welcome back to work gift. Right. And then having an employer who's like, oh no, you need to stay on that plane and clean it up at the end. It's like, I would have had a lot of choice four letter words for that. <laughs> yeah, especially and, when they, they mentioned they were cleaning up vomit and there was yeah. syringes and I blood. Was like, Do you know what I went through? And then for you to say, <laughs> oh, we have to make sure that our clients can trust our privacy. It's like, oh, so we have to allow crimes to happen and be harassed and mistreated yeah. for your clients. Like there were so many things that just drove me crazy as a woman <laughs> who, you know, you are on the receiving end of a lot of that stuff. You, you know, I think there are stereotypes of flight attendants and their roles. And for a long time, they had to be certain sizes and wear short dresses and things like it's, you know, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also bothered me when Terry Reynolds was talking. Reynolds was talking, and she said something about like, uh, like when they were talking about the lawsuit um, that they had submitted after you know the whole experience. And she was like, yep. "Oh, if I did that, I would be in court like every day." I'm like, "Don't belittle someone else's experience because you're choosing to accept this behavior and tolerance. You've made a choice." being in this industry and you're taking it and I don't you know I feel for her as well having to endure that to have a job but or like at a certain level of a career but I was like mm-hmm. don't you know belittle another one what another woman is feeling and experiencing because it's not normal no. it's not no. okay like their right to demand but like expect respect and just normal treatment like it's the whole normalization of all that like really is very triggering (laughs) no i definitely definitely agree it's always been that separation with uh the wrestler wrestling world and like yeah outside you know is wrestling world's its own inner subculture uh which a lot of things that mainstream would be like yeah that's not acceptable (laughs) but somehow it's acceptable in the wrestling world It's, 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 it's a Strange, it's a strange yep. thing, but wrestling does come from the car, you know, carny, so you know, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is how like, they, they manage, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, like I was I was telling him earlier today, I was like, you have to have someone who's strong enough to say, This is enough, like, this is not okay, <laughs> this is unacceptable, it needs to stop. Um, and then someone else will maybe have the courage to say, agreed this is not okay we shouldn't treat people like this this shouldn't be what you have to accept to have a job in this industry um you shouldn't have to endure harassment you shouldn't have to endure abuse you shouldn't have to feel like i have to sleep with this person to get ahead like and it happens across multiple industries it is not just the wrestling industry at all but i think that's why like the me too movement the speak out movement within the wrestling industry really has hit a high note here because people have oh, had definitely. enough. Oh, definitely. The, all the other wrestlers that uh, got uh, hit with, you know, those uh, Me Too charges, like, yeah. um, uh, what's his name? 
uh, gentleman, uh, Jack. Uh, oh, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, you haven't heard it. Yeah, I forgot. All yeah, about and then you know the list of other wrestlers. It's like, yeah, you know, what comes, you know, what's done in the dark comes to light eventually. <laughs> yeah, that was Velveteen Dream's final undoing. It's, oh, great, great example. <laughs> yeah, haven't heard anything from him. <laughs> oh, sure. uh, Osiris, what's your take? Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's a different day and age, and I think that's yep. what everyone needs to understand. Um, you know, as someone who crosses various generations of wrestling, I. Uh, you know, I came up, uh, I think, at the tail end of the the partying wrestler days, where it was, you know, drugs and booze and women. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's since uh, transmogrified into, um, you know, more mainstream culture, more mainstream industry. Uh, most of the guys are, are younger and they're playing video games. Um, they're not even really that interested in women or anything, um, you know. And the uh, the ribs are, are very different now. You know, the the type of ribs that are played now might be like a prank phone call or you know, like something like that. Uh, it's no longer like tearing up somebody's wrestling gear or like taping it to the ceiling or something crazy, like um, or like you Pooping know, in their boot. Yeah, pooping in their boot. Uh, no, no one's really doing that sort of stuff anymore. Uh, Thank goodness. It sounds yeah. like a more professional work environment. <laughs> um, it's 50-50. I'll, I'll be honest. From, from my perspective, as someone that grew up um, very aware of that sort of culture, um, and very into the idea of that culture, I, I will say, um, you know, I, I think... You know, when you're living that kind of lifestyle and you're on the road over 300 something days a year, what people don't take into account, and a lot of people would have a very tough time understanding, because until you do a tour of some sort, any sort, you have a difficult time to understand what life is like where you're not waking up in your bed, you're in some sort of weird place. Yes. I'm raising my hand, co host, unnamed co host. Um, okay. <laughs> but I would argue that people can understand maybe not from the physical bumping aspect of it but mm -hmm. there are plenty of people in this day and age that have to do a ton of traveling for their jobs mm. for sure so who like airline who, crews maybe not 300, <laughs> maybe not like 300 days like you know working like a wwe schedule but like there's a lot of people have to travel every single week they're traveling abroad they're traveling within the states like a lot of people have to travel for work and know what it's like to be on the road and not get to be but i'm going to counter time. i'm going to counter that and say most people go work nine to fives so even if they're traveling they're like doing the nine to five thing they get out of work they have dinner they wind down they go to bed because they got to get up okay, early so i work day. in advertising and nine to five is like a joke that's not a real thing and so when i used to i didn't have to travel regularly but when i had to travel I never even saw the light of day. I was in conference rooms all day long until like midnight. That only that only <laughs> aids my point. Because then, yeah, you did all day of work. Now you just want to go home and, and get to bed because you got to get up the next morning and do it. No, I'm saying when I was traveling, I still like that's what you did. Like, but, you but, were... Right. But, but you're still but it's still the same point um, when you're wrestling. Um, you know, and if we're talking house shows, yeah. you, you've got to be in the building at, at 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got to stay there till 11 p.m. 
beyond that, you're just in some weird place with nothing to do. And you just got done with the most amazing high in the world coming off of the wrestling show. Okay. You need something both to, to take away the pain and to like fill in that high. And everybody yeah. finds their, their different ways of doing that. Um, you know. I get like I I totally hear what you're saying and I get it. I just don't know that you need to like physically harm other people in that process. Like if you want to go to a bar, you want to go to a club, you want to go to a restaurant, like you can do that. You will find a number of willing participants to engage most of the time in a lot of what you want to partake in. You don't have to like slip people things in their drinks and expose yourself and make them feel uncomfortable and whatever just because you're bored. I I don't disagree with that. The the I, I guess the only thing I would throw in to, to be a pro wrestler, especially at that level, you, you gotta be a little off kilter. Um, it's what comes with the business. And so mm-hmm. when you are a little off kilter, your your ways of expressing yourself are gonna be a little different than the norm, a little different than the mainstream. Um, you know, I, I think about uh, the stories about Rick Rude, how he used to like to purposely bring his girlfriend, later wife, to the bar, walk away to like watch some guy hit on her, and then he'd go fight that guy. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. That was like his deal. <laughs> like, you know, um, most people in wrestling have some sort of weird thing about them, even today, like not just yesteryear. But you can go into any locker room on the indies. You talk to 10 guys, you're going to be like, each guy's got some weird thing about him. I've been to many of your shows. I'm aware. <laughs> well, you both have. I yeah. Mean, you know, you've both had a lot of interaction with wrestlers. Uh, I mean, hell, wrestling fans are weird. <laughs> you know, like we've been to, like, you know, going to StarCast and stuff. Like, yeah. you see a lot of different people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's always interesting. For sure. <laughs> what, I, what I found surprising with all this, too, how all these shenanigans for, like, the several hours that they were uh, in the air and, you know, before they got in the air, that... You know, uh, Vince was pretty much sending Jr. to go handle things back there. But you would think uh, he, Vince himself, or even Linda, would probably hear all the rambunctiousness uh, that was going on during that whole flight and be like, "Let me just peek my head real quick and see what's going on uh, for the time being." But it sounded like that never happened. I feel like Vince <laughs> just wants to be their friend at the end of the day. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to be the bad guy. Like he's he is the ultimate bad guy, but he doesn't want to like. <laughs> do the bad like he thinks like i feel like he thinks nobody knows that he's the bad guy but like everybody knows he's the bad guy like and i like watching jr talk about that night like i feel like he has a lot of regret or just being like trying to word things very carefully about (laughs) his lack of management of managing the talent but like i said to osiris when we first started watching it I was like, there's no way you're, like, going to manage these, like, crazy individuals. <laughs> like, who thinks JR is going to be able to manage these fools? Like, that's right. not going to happen. That's, that's why I'm surprised Vince didn't go back to me. Look, I signed your checks. Sit here. I feel look, like Vince fight. enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah, he probably does. He probably does. I, I would say my, my own thoughts on this, and uh, I, I will make this statement and understand I will probably never, ever get a shot at a WWE contract. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm about to say, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I think Vince enjoys it, and I think you know, and how they were talking about it 
Um, you know, we, we've got to remember wrestling operates kind of like the mafia and Vince is the Don. And, yeah. you know, so the, the capos underneath him, they're not going to rat out the Don. They, they will take that responsibility. They will fall on that, that sword, you know? Yeah. They will if there's a prison sentence that goes along with it. <laughs> Yeah, but Vince, he's ducked and dodged and juked uh, his way, uh, you know, from totally. a lot of litigations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indeed he has. No, I think at the end of the day, like, all of these guys just idolize him. And <clears throat> he's, like, the be-all and end-all. And what Vince says goes. What Vince likes, you're going to like. And you're going to, if Vince likes this, I'm going to do it. If, you know, this is funny to him, cool. This is what's going to, this is what's funny. If this is gross and unacceptable, that's gross and unacceptable. We don't do that. Yeah. Um, It's just. And plus, this is right when he all the other promotions went out of business. So where well uh, go? (laughs) Like it's a monopoly. Like you don't have to. um, You know, it's different than like corporate America. I mean, now they're corporate. They have shareholders and people to answer to. Yeah, the public. But back then, it's like him and Linda. So there's nobody holding him accountable. There's not a bunch of advertisers necessarily waiting to hold him accountable because they're not going to know what happens on that plane. He's got enough money and cachet to make it quiet with whatever airline he, you know, rented out that plane, like that flight for. Mm -hmm. Um, God only knows what non-declosed celebrities. Yeah. So it's not in their interest to say this is what happens on our flights because it's not going to, you know leave a good taste in anybody's mouth be like oh yeah i want to work for them use them for my events or you know yeah so everyone's like greased here just a little handshake we'll sweep into the rug <laughs> and the flight attendants that have been have ptsd um from it well they don't matter yeah and we, we uh i mean thankfully we got one of the attendants her perspective but i guess yeah. there are also other ones that has similar you know situations on the plane not just her so all well, of, she all said of, one of the other ones was the one that initiated the lawsuit and told her she should also yep. join it and so she did but some of them i guess were working up front in like the first class first area of the first class plane <laughs> and in the front with like where vince and jr and linda were so they said they had no idea the lucky ones. <laughs> whatever nonsense was happening in the back. Which, I mean, let's be honest, that would be impossible. To no kidding. Know. How could you not hear? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to you... pretend I didn't know what was going on either. Yeah, especially with, we, I think we forgot to mention, um, uh, Kurt Hennon putting shaving cream on top of Brock's head and then dope slapping him yeah. with the shaving cream, which infuriated <laughs> Brock where they ran down, down the aisle of the airplane mm-hmm. and I guess, went up against the emergency latch. Yeah, uh, yeah that's Oh yeah, God. the door. Um, so you would think they were with that brouhaha. Somebody would heard some sort of noise exactly. from the front. Be like, what's well, yeah, going I on? Think JR, was Jr. sent back there yeah, for that JR one? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm sure it's the sort of thing where everybody heard it. Everybody knew yeah. what was going on. But most people, yeah. you know, they turn a blind eye to it. And the I'm boys sure, will be boys. yeah, boys will be boys. And I, I think about that. Here, here's what would be really interesting. If you could get a bunch of uh, flight attendants from that particular company to talk yeah. about various flights, because uh, I've heard yeah. stories about like Charles Barkley on some crazy flights and, and you know, some other athletes. And uh-huh. it sounds like they you know, probably all have to sign NDAs. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, like, non-disclosure. Yeah. yeah, I bet I would 100% bet that they have to sign something. There's no way you have that kind of access to those people and mm-hmm. not have to sign something. That's fair. Like, yeah. Makes sense. <clears throat> but like, uh, I'm sure it wasn't just WWE that like acted. A f- I'm sure yeah, it was probably the just worst. them that was going to like fly through half of the plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many people are like Brock Lesnar and just will pick up another six foot three individual and just go ramming down like a plane. I can't imagine being the pilots on that plane trying to just be like, we don't want to drop like into the Atlantic Ocean. Like, can we just calm down or, you know. <laughs> now, do you think, do you think uh, Vince would give uh, Flair the Hogan treatment as far as uh, like Removing all, um, you know, of his like being, being with you know the WWE uh, or you know from the Hall, of, you know, like any acknowledgement like they did with Hogan um, several years before. Yeah, it seems like they've already started that. Okay. I don't think they'll remove him from like, the Hall of Fame. No, I don't think they'll remove him from the Hall of Fame. I think they're... ultimately, if it wasn't looking like Ric Flair wanted to go work with AEW, this would just yep. calm. Okay. With sizzle. Because okay. when it happened, <clears throat> nothing happened to Ric Flair. So to now want to like punish the man and say all these bad things, and yeah, for me, I'm like, really? Like, I have more problem with Vince than I do with Ric Flair <laughs> time. because I'm like, j- just be who you are. Admit, like, you know what? I used to take a lot of drugs, I used to drink a lot of alcohol, I almost died from all the alcohol that I used to drink. Like, I did a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. Like, I probably did this, but I'm not this kind of person that does that. Okay, I accept Ric Flair's statement. I wasn't there. I, mm-hmm. It doesn't make me not believe the flight attendant in her account because she seemed pretty genuine. Understanding the experience and the position that she was in, having been in not the exact same <laughs> scenario, but in similar positions, like... I 100% get what she's saying and how she feels about it. But as a company, don't come and tell me now you all of a sudden feel some kind of principled way that, oh, we're going to remove this person from the introduction of our television programming and we're not going to sell his merchandise when really all that has to do with you're going to our non-competitor competitor. competitor. (laughs) Because when you had the opportunity to hold his feet to the fire in any real way, you did it. You fired Scott Hall, you fired Kurt Henning, like you got rid of all the other people, like other people, but you did nothing to him. So Yeah, well the the, the ones that really don't bring in a that then you know bring in the cash value because yeah. Brock's still 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 stay. You're yeah. you're the golden goose and you're not. And he was the golden yeah. goose and now he's the golden goose that wants to go to be someone else's golden goose. So yeah. it is, you know, so for me watching that, I'm like, I'm not stupid, <laughs> WWE. <laughs> like I'm well aware of what this is <clears throat> and so I don't think it's like the death of Ric Flair's career in any way shape or form I just think, do you think we'll see him settled you think we'll see him uh, perform in the ring anytime I this hope not year? he has been through a lot I would like to see him not wrestle again or manage <clears throat> I'm very happy for him he can manage he can show up in the back. Maybe stay away from Triller. That was a, that was a <laughs> um, But yeah, I just don't see that. He'll he'll end up in another rap video or something. Like, I mean, 
<laughs> now, that, uh, do you guys think that Tommy Dreamer, do you think he should deserve any of the wrath that he got thrown at him? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't think you do. Um, I don't. I don't think he should have been suspended. Uh, you know, lose, lose out on paychecks. I understand yeah, why. Because watching that, like watching his whole demeanor, his tone of voice, the way he said it, his word choice, it was very dismissive. It was very like, ah, eh, well, like the woman had a problem with it. Like this one woman had a problem with it. Like it, it looked like he had no regard for the respect of like does a woman want to endure that like want to experience this not want to experience it like what she'd been through that entire like it just it to me was very much um i don't know if male privilege is the right word but wording but um it left a very i'm i should preface this i'm not a tommy dreamer fan to begin with (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that real it it bugged me. It really rubbed me the wrong way. And as someone who has, it just like again been on the receiving end of some of the similar things. Like it makes it puts like victim shaming and blaming on this person. And like again, how dare <clears throat> you want to ruin the name of this famous successful guy? Exactly. And yeah. that's what bo- that's what bothered me because that doesn't that attitude doesn't just exist like towards rick flair that's your overall mental state Mm -hmm. regarding all of those things in any facet so yes good for you sticking up for your friend wanting to speak to his character that you know and who he is and i i have no problem with that because that's the person you know that's Mm -hmm. who you believe but like just how he handled it the way he said it you even you acknowledged it this morning yeah, but I will also say that, uh, you know, it said that the, the way it was edited made it look worse than it might have actually been. If a lot of people say that, but a lot of people blame editing for the very poor choice of the real words that they chose to say in that moment. It didn't look like they spliced together two or three different cuts to compile that sentence. No. And so for me, I'm like, all right do the guy a solid, release the B-foot, like the B-footage. Let people see the full context of that interview and clear him or, or try to help him if you think, like, it's ridiculous for what he's had to deal with. But nobody's releasing any B-footage to clear... Well, I mean, that's not gonna mm-hmm. behoove them to do Why? such. But if you think someone has truly been wronged... Well, I think someone may have been I don't know. Uh, but I'm saying if the if the people at Vice, if they put this out and they edited it the way they did for to tell the story they wanted it told. But you have to be... give them material to work with. For sure. I mean, people take liberties in an editing booth. They 100% do. But you got to give them something. I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm saying <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying is that I don't know. I wasn't there. and So I don't know. But I'm like, Tommy Dreamer now has been suspended from Impact and Busted Open Radio. So that means two of his income streams are, are currently, you know, not available to him. Nope. And I don't know if that's fair for some words he said giving his opinion on yeah. an event that took place 20 years ago. Well, 
it does sort of um, paint him in a light that he's sort of like a mark of the business, though, the way that he was describing, you know, the whole situation. But you are entitled, you know, freedom of speech. Yeah, and of course, he's a mark of the business. He's in the business. You don't get in the business if you're not a mark, like. Not that, to, uh, no, unless you're a Kevin Nash. That, that been in the yeah, Kevin Nash. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bad News Allen, like they're, they're guys that are all about just getting the paycheck and you know care less about you know the, you know the whole you know my character this that, and that as long as I get paid for whatever my performance is, all you know they really care about. Yeah, you've got a few of those, but for the most part, I would say most people that get into the business are marks for the business. But okay. that's like that's fine, and I absolutely. But like my thing is, someone like him is going to have some power and authority wherever he works he's going to be in a leadership position in some capacity so if you're go- when you're hosting a radio show like you're running that show so this also speaks to your level this is your mental state and your character and what you think is acceptable behavior so i don't know is his judgment going to be acceptable in a place of business if this happens in a place of business and it's like someone that he happens to really like or doesn't think anything bad should happen to him, like, oh, this one person has a problem with their sense of humor or whatever, like they were offended, they were wronged, they felt this way. Why does it only matter how the aggressor felt in that situation and not the person it happened to? Both people need to matter. You need to like get to the, do your best to get to the bottom of both of it. And if you're going to be at an impact wrestling, where you're going to have a lot of junior talent come in and work there and you're going to establish like establish a locker room culture and what's acceptable and what's not and you're going to be in production meetings and you might have some creative control i don't know but you're going to have a lot of sway in that area bust it open you want to work on this radio show there's not a ton of wrestling radio shows that are kind of mainstream like that on serious network radio like this person is going to have influence over do you get a job how well you do with that job or how well you're seen to be perceived to be doing that job like so it's not just it just goes into other areas where i think that's why you're seeing companies that he works for saying we need a moment to evaluate yeah but that's like the business business side of it not the wrestling business and that's where but that's where get... you have advertisers and shareholders and people to hold you accountable and where you didn't for, have for that necessarily on that plane. You didn't have that. I mean, the wrestling business was always run as, you know, a cash business and, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you didn't deal with those sort of things. It was all very self-policed. Yep. Look how well that's turned out for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Very lenient. <laughs> listen i love wrestling i've watched wrestling my entire life like it's hard like watching some of these things like it's hard i'm a rick flair fan i think he's great but you know that kind of stuff needs better judgment like some needs someone to be like this isn't okay well now we know that it's not okay like but no, a- so here's the thing where you and I part ways. It was never okay. <laughs> What's been allowed to be the behave- bad behavior that's been allowed to perpetuate, made excuses for, hidden, K 
kept to a very small segment of the population because you know more broader it's not okay like it's never okay that victim whether it was 40 years ago five days ago 15 years ago is a victim and is going to feel the way they felt when that happened because it was a violation it wasn't okay they just had nobody to go to to take them seriously or do anything about it today you have people who are willing to hold you accountable and say i don't care there's other people that are making money you can't do this which is good now uh holds them responsible for the any of the actions and they can't just use the the thing boys would be you know boys be boys type of thing you know the boys this that and the other that's pretty much done done with now you know for better or worse um you know it's (laughs) he's so sad about the heyday (laughs) (laughs) what do you think do you think with this show uh help uh, open eyes uh so say 20 years from now these type of stories won't be uh happening like they once were you know in the past people be like all right that's not it's not right and then won't be doing any of that craziness i mean it's not even happening anymore um you know, wrestling and the world in general is so tame compared to what it used to be. Well, Liz will tell you it's still happening. Well, I mean, yeah, there are still... <laughs> I don't think you can blanket statement that it doesn't happen anymore. No, it's, mean, be- okay. it's better. It's improved. Okay, that's yeah. Probably it's, a better way to phrase it. Yeah, that's a better way to phrase it. Is it it's improved. Yeah, I won't say that it's not happening at all. I mean, geez, look at all the stuff that just came out last year, um, just in New England alone. Mm. Um, you know all sorts of craziness mm-hmm. um so 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 yeah i won't say it's not happening at all but it's it's not it's not it's not considered acceptable anymore um and so there's a lot less of it um and uh so so yeah i, I think 20 years from now i don't even think it's going to be i think it's going to be like how we look back on slavery almost um you know it's like wow like, you know, um people used to be really bad to, to other people um, but I, I think yes I'm getting a look uh, <laughs> I don't know if you could talk about slavery and say oh people used to be really bad to other people <clears throat> and that's like a very very soft way of describing, <laughs> describing like what it's, it's really very Disney what happened. No, it's what very I'm, Disney <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think even Elsa would look at you funny and be like, uh, ice castle for you. That's not how we go. But no, but what I'm saying is like, you know, now in 2021, we, we yeah. know slavery is wrong. Um, I don't think... Some of us do. Yeah, I mean, there, there may be a small pocket of people that still believe in it, but for the most part, overall, uh, we, we as a mm-hmm. society don't accept it. Um you know, and we, we look at it as like, oh, like, you know, that was something that was done years ago. Um, you know, you wouldn't see that today. And, and I think we're going to see the same thing with, with this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm again getting a look. Uh, I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because people are going to say the criminal justice system and the drug laws are just another way of reinvoking slavery and all those things. It's just a lot. So it's a whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a topic for this. <laughs> but I, I guess my point being... Uh, People will look back on the poor behavior and recognize it for poor behavior. Not okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I... 
hope that they do. No, I think that's definitely the case. That's why you've got shows like this stuff going on now. And yeah. Did it go on back yeah. then? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too, because uh, years ago, the only shows that they had about wrestling from the general population was, you know, to uncover the hidden secrets of is it real, is it fake? Now yeah. we got all type of shows of exposés of like mm-hmm. wrestlers doing drugs and, you know, all sorts of like, you know, sexual, you know, misconduct, this, that, and the third. So it's, so crazy how it once what so you know is it real is it fake and now we're like on oh, some some other stuff now <laughs> well i think uh the internet i mean that's really it, it, it in the door. Open. yeah you know uh, wrestling was a small closed world where only the people that worked in it knew what was going on in it yep I think yeah. it's funny. I kind of think like going back to like the mob thing. Yeah. But I think also too, like I always say like John Gotti is like the downfall of the mafia. Okay. Because he loved the attention. Like the celebrity of it. I want to be near the celebrities. I want to wear all the fancy clothes. I want to be, I want to be seen in New York city. And have people talk about me and take my picture, like throw it in people's faces where the mafia was successful because like, what are you talking about? There, there's no mafia. Uh, like, look at you like you're crazy like we don't don't talk about it you're not gonna see me with flashy things like that's not what we do and it's like a hidden under society with wrestling i think the more exposure you have to it the more access people have to you you can't live in that gimmick 24 hours a day seven days a week like keep that up and i think people are gonna like spotlight and want attention and like oh yeah i'll give you a little like inside access the more you get to be like famous and things and i think just one thread here pulls another thread there and okay that makes a lot of sense for sure um and and yeah i mean vince you know if if you feel john Gotti is the downfall of wrestling yeah he was the guy that made it mainstream and then he was the guy that came out and said it's a work yeah because he wanted to be, he wants it to be like a TV show, like entertainment. Yeah, he, he never wanted well, to be. And he doesn't want to have a union. Uh, well, <laughs> that's yeah, like, that's, that's the other. thing. He's like, I don't want SAG anywhere near me, but I want to yeah, be he, a TV he, he <laughs> Exactly. You can't SAG talent. There's no one representing you. There's no health care. No days yeah. off. Like, yeah, because he can't classify as an actual sport. <laughs> It's the only sport where you are a contractor, but you can't work anywhere else. You have yeah, to right? work all of these things. Go to countries that you completely disagree with the way they live their lives, but have to go there anyway. Um, uh, well, good old Vince. Good old Vince. But yeah, uh, this, like I said, this was, this was a crazy episode. Uh, you know, the plane ride from hell. Uh, I forget what I think Chris Canyon. I think they have as the next episode. Uh, so that's it's probably Chris Canyon. Yeah. So GA yeah, might be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. Ep- <laughs> Brian Cage got that from Chris Canyon. Gotcha. Oh, really? okay. <laughs> that's one of those episodes you might want to, you know, have your day for that, you know, because. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I, I haven't watched most of these things. The Ball for All is the only one I've watched because I was that like, oh, fine. this could this could be lighthearted, you know? I feel like it needs to be like a rainy day where you're not going to go outside. It's already right? kind of, you know, whatever. Well, I guess in a North Korea episode, you won't feel so sad about. That's true, actually. <laughs> and I, didn't, I don't think I realized there was a North Korea episode, so we yeah, might we watch, watch that this week. Yeah, we got to watch that. Because that's probably pretty good. <laughs> Well, 
it's a, it, that's a good episode. So we might have to come back on for next week for that one because it was a, it was a crazy busted episode. But I yeah, I was gonna say, um, trying to think with any other highlights before we uh, wrap up. Oh, um, uh, Michael P. S. Hayes, Doc. Hendricks. Oh, yeah, the ponytail. Ah, uh, his mullet got cut yes. <laughs> by by uh, X Pac. Yes, he was not happy, and he actually. <laughs> Sucker punch Bradshaw for some strange reason. <laughs> well, you say for some strange reason. I, I bring up the uh, brawl for all thing where it's like Vince Russo put that whole thing together just to see Bradshaw get his ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> no one liked it. Yeah, like, it was yeah, but things. do they like Still, it? Why am I? I don't think so. Because everyone is very happy when Joey Styles knocked him out. Granted, at this point, that was wow. Was that ten years ago? Was that one night only when he when uh, JBL went after Blue Meanie? It was after that happened, but, but okay. yeah, okay, all right. So yeah, that was over ten years ago, I think. Crazy, crazy. Wow. Time flies. It does. You having fun? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you having fun? We're getting uh, out. I don't know. Or get a knocked <laughs> out. <laughs> well, he did. He did. He did knock out. Michael Hayes with a slap, so I guess you know they're one for one, uh, right? You sucker punch me, I'll you know slap you, and then you know, <laughs> we go for the day. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think with Doctor Doctor D uh, David Schultz slaps. Oh, the news reporter. Yes. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, that was a good episode too. Oh, they did an episode on that. Yeah, so that's not sad. So okay, well, <laughs> you can watch that, that too. too. <laughs> Dr. D, one of the last real men in the world. He definitely took kayfabe to hot, that's for sure. For sure, for sure. As he should. It's uh, And that's, I guess, me being an old school soul. Like, I yeah. lament the fact that I live in this era where it's like, yeah, you can't slap reporters. You you know, you can't go, like, punching fans. Like, But why do you need to, what reporter do you need to slap? Any reporter. Like. How many reporters are at the shows that you need to go and slap? <laughs> yeah, but you can't. That, I've never you couldn't met do that. <laughs> at the show. But and you couldn't do that during any uh, decade because that's still assault. Yeah. <laughs> like it's still it's, it's still a crime. It's still a crime. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like Doctor did you... it. I'm sure what? it was a work. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Work. That that was the thing. It wasn't a work. You think Vince didn't pay people off? No. You sure about that? Pa- to, to spread that it was a work? No, to, I mean to like to make not it have like bad a... things happen. Oh, oh, got you, got you. Yeah, because they used to, then they used to have like the plants, like some somebody would be dressed up like as somebody's grandmother and to attack the wrestler or something like, you know, way well, yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, stuff like that, but Irene's saying that she's, she's implying that Vince would have paid off the reporter. Oh, okay, okay. Which, and I'm like, actually, I'm like, if you saw the episode, you might know. Because I feel like, yeah, there probably was a lawsuit after that or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he definitely sued. Okay, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like still back then it was, like, okay to do. But, like, now okay. you can't, like, Again, hit people. It's not okay to do. It's tolerated <laughs> and covered up. It's not yeah, okay no... to physically harm other people. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... I, for what? What like, did they do to you? Like did they take the... a swing? Listen, someone takes a swing at you, knock them out. Absolutely. Good That's for you. Like my main man, Matt, from 2.0. He'd be like, what? You want to take a swing at me? Oh, my God. You're 2.0. I can't even handle it. <laughs> but, uh, 
But but no, um, you know, I feel like back in the 70s and 80s, like, you know, if you had a problem with someone, you could handle it by stepping outside. That used to be the line. Oh, do you want to step outside? Like, yeah. And now people have a gun. Yeah, times have changed. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. And, and I guess that that's fair. Maybe that's part of the problem. Is like, yeah, things got too crazy. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm a believer that you should still be able to be like, if you've got a problem with someone, you should be able to say like, hey, like, do you want to step outside? Can you um, like verbally like converse about it though first and try to settle the problem? Do you have to like just fight? No, you don't have to just fight. Like, but it's but that's why you're you're politely asking, do you want to step outside? Because, you know, maybe there's nothing to talk about. Like, and if so if there's nothing to talk about, well then yeah, the best way to handle it is physically. Okay. But you're asking their consent to be physical with them. Yes. You're not just like socking them. No. No. <laughs> be civilized about it. Like you, you don't just go sucker punching people. But but no, I kind of sounded like you wanted to be able to. No, I'm not saying I want to sucker punch people, but I, I just think it, you, you should be able to, like, you know, if you've got a problem with someone and you want to handle it physically, I think you should be able to. I, I don't think. Oh, yeah, you, you should be able to defend yourself, you know, no matter what. You yeah, know? and I think you should be able to defend the business. Like, if someone wants to call wrestling fake, I think you should be able to show them how fake it's not. Well, then that also didn't Hulk Hogan do something similar? Uh, he didn't slap a reporter, but I think he was on one of those daytime uh, talk shows, and he put the host in the headlock. Yes, and, and he uh, like choked. He passed out, I think, from it. Cut off the blood flow to the carotid artery. There you go. I feel like none yeah. of us should live the way Hulk Hogan lives. Like we should not survive. Like, <laughs> yeah, Hulk right. Hogan, like, so it's okay to do. But the funny thing is, <laughs> I take the CM Punk method side <laughs> of that one. <laughs> the crazy thing is he did that a couple of weeks or months after the whole uh, Dr. D situation and he didn't get any uh, retribution so I guess that was uh, <laughs> yeah he's the golden 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 goose so it's sort of you know well, well I think with Hogan, precedent. It, was, it was two things one yeah made man but also Hogan was apologetic about it okay um, whereas Dr. D was like no like this guy was insulting my business yeah but Hogan was like, oh, like, I didn't mean to, like, apply it that hard. Like, you that's know, true. It's a uh, and, and, you know, it's it's very different. I, I always try to explain this to people when I'm when I'm explaining self-defense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you know a good submission of some sort, it, you're always better off doing that to somebody as opposed to punching or, or striking them. Yeah, because you uh, could potentially kill them if they hit the ground wrong or injure your own self. Not not just that, but if, if you do a submission and you're subduing, yep. you, you, you always have the defense of, I was just trying to subdue them until yep. they stopped. But, but yeah, they so didn't stop. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you'll catch a, so an assault charge as well. Right, you know. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. But uh, okay, all right. Well, this was a... Whew, this was a doozy of an episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, I, I we uh, I think this, this is the, the the longest I think we've done. Yeah. So uh, I definitely dig it. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely dig it. Uh, so uh, Osiris, you want to do? Uh, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, oh, any before we wrap up, any other tidbits that you guys want to uh, mention? I know we w watched some uh, shows this week as far as AEW 
you know, WWE and NXT and all that type of stuff. But any tidbits that you guys want to highlight real quick? If you haven't watched Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan, stop what you're doing and go watch it immediately. Ooh, gonna have to. There we gonna go. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to and now. Watch Adam Cole tonight. Because those. Might skip Adam Cole, but I'll see the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody see, everybody check out Braun Breaker. I don't, I want to put that out there in the universe. <laughs> okay, okay. Young Steiner. Yeah, no, no, we can't say that. It's Braun Breaker. <laughs> Trademark purposes. Right. Poor family history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, okay, okay, so you're giving you're giving the uh, thumbs up to uh, Braun Breaker. So far, so far. Okay. I've kind of given up on NXT. Well, we didn't watch this week. We only watched no, last week. Last yeah. week was pretty rough. All right, so definitely check out this week then. All right, all right, we'll definitely check out this week's, and uh, yeah, we definitely recommend to you to check out uh, Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega. Okay, for sure. Um, it was the opening match on Dynamite. Okay. So, so good stuff there. Um, yeah, I mean, big things are happening in the world of wrestling. Yeah, um, man. You know, we'll we'll probably talk more about that next week. This episode, we we clearly had to dedicate a lot of time to the plane ride from hell. Oh, word! But uh, I'm glad that we did, um, and I'm just glad. Uh, you know, Irene, thank you for joining us. It was good. Thank you. Me. Yes, absolutely. thank you. Hopefully, I'll be invited back one day. You know, oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, you know, if you play your cards right. I can get you on here. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, we just discussed that whole thing. <laughs> you got you to evolve. You can't do that no more, uh, Osiris. <laughs> exactly. Didn't we just talk about that? <laughs> Somebody didn't pay attention. Oh, so on, on, on that... <laughs> all over again. I, mean, I'm, I don't know. I, you know, I, I thought, like, you know, if, if it's, if it's yeah, within your own relationship... <laughs> you know. talked about this earlier. Consent is still necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Unnamed co-host, you have a lot of work to do with your friends. I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to talk, sit you down. <laughs> <laughs> But on that note, <laughs> Osiris, yeah. won't you uh, do the honors? All right, all right, all right, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this long, extra long edition <laughs> um, of the uh, Before the Three Counts. Um, I, this may be a little risque, but I would say it's Ric Flair long. Boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Rick Flair, he was known as a 60-minute man, and this was a 96-minute episode, so we've eclipsed even the nature boy. Woo! So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for myself, for Mr. No Name, and for Irene, this has been another beautiful rendition of Before the Three Count. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding.